This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. This is episode number one. Because you know, one is the loneliest number that you ever knew. Bump, bump. But this is about community. So this is about two. <laughs> it is the loneliest number since the number one. I don't know. I don't remember all the lyrics. <laughs> Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? Hey, everyone. This is Cami and Madeline coming to you for our first episode. And we're going to be talking about how do you build an online community. And I'm really excited to just jump into this material because we've been so excited to share some of this stuff with you. So Madeline, I'm going to start by asking you a question because you've built a number of communities. What is the first thing that you do when you're thinking about building an online community? What steps do you take? Well, Let's look at my Twitter Smarter Chat that I've built up for the last two years. You know, I just wanted to start something where I could share Twitter tips. You know, people have gotten to know me as a Twitter marketing expert. What better way to share than on a Twitter chat? And I just wanted to grow a community through Twitter. So I just came up with the idea and I came up with the hashtag and I just started it. That's how I am. I'm a doer. You know, I come up with ideas and I just execute. That's always been my style. Now, does that work for everybody? No, it doesn't. But I always say experiment and try things and see what works. So for me, I want to fill a need or I want to come up with an idea that even if other people are doing it, it's not always filling the need. There could be 10 people doing a Twitter chat about Twitter, but maybe my take on it is unique, right? And so I'm coming up with a way to build a community through my thought and idea of doing it. So I just come up with things that I think are interesting and unique, but bottom line for me, serving people, because I just want to help people. That's always my underlying in all of this really is helping people. Yeah. And I think that's a really good place to start. I certainly know that for social media breakfast, when I moved to Houston 10 years ago, I looked around me and saw that there was nobody really meeting around the topic of social media, which was surprising to me for such a huge city. And being a mom of three kids, I really thought a morning meeting would work better for me. And I knew that if it wasn't being met for other people, it probably wasn't being met for them as much as me. So I just jumped into it. You know, I I found a few people around town. I didn't know anyone. I just started talking to people and asking them what they thought. And, you know, you'll find that a lot of people are totally willing to jump in with you. And if you build it from a community perspective, that means that you're not trying to just dominate the conversation. You're trying to bring something to the community that matters. And that I think has served me well all along. In fact, when people come to me today and say, you know, so-and-so should start a community in, you know, so-and-so place, I'll say, maybe you are the person that's supposed to start that community because you see the need. So often when you see the need, that means that there's a need for a community. So yes, A, you have to be passionate about that topic in order for it to be okay for you because doing something for 10 years, as you well know, Madeline, it takes a lot of dedication and interest in the topic to continue coming back over and over and over again. Um, But number two, it is important to think about who you're trying to serve. And 
I think, you know, coming up with an idea of who that population is, for me, it was people who wanted to meet in the mornings before they went to work, or maybe, um, you know, after they dropped their kids off at daycare. So I really wanted to see that kind of community build up so that they could also grow their businesses. So yeah, I think that's great. I love the passion piece and definitely always looking for those opportunities. I love when you said passion because like you and I are very passionate about what we do. And I think that's such a big part of this that you've got to have dedication. You got to be willing to put in the time and effort to do this and be very passionate because it shows, right? People love what I do with my communities. They love what you do with yours because we're just so passionate about it. Now, one way on building, and, and this is uh, an idea that I really love that John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire does, where he says, you know, have that avatar. And that avatar is like that one person who like you're really trying to serve in your community. So like I would come up with, okay, Jane, and she's 35 years old and she works for a big company, but one day she wants to start her own business. So maybe now she's going to do like a little side hustle. And what can she learn, you know, through my, you know, knowledge and expertise with the community I'm building. And so I kind of look at like that as like, who am I trying to build this with? I think that's such an interesting way of looking at it, don't you think? Oh, I totally do. And with my um, growth hacks for women community that I'm building right now, I definitely did that. Um, That's definitely something that I think was really interesting to me is to find those kinds of women to serve that want to build a business or that want to build an entrepreneurial mindset inside of their own companies. So those are the two things I was looking at is that person who's highly motivated to take their ideas and turn them into bigger ideas and kind of take the next step, but they may have something blocking their path. So yeah, that's the avatar for growth hacks for women, really. Somebody usually between 25 and I'd say 40 years old. Um, You can be on either side of that. But what I found is that if you focus on that specific individual, even though you might think to yourself, well, I don't want to leave out all these other people that could be in this community. Because I mean, there may be a 65 year old that is like on fire and, you know, building their business. I don't want to leave her behind. But what I found that is if you try to focus too wide, people don't see themselves in it at all. So you may, by focusing on a 35 year old, actually attract that 65 year old as well, because they have the same mindset as that 35 year old would have. You see what I'm trying to say? So I think that there's that that piece of it. So I do like the avatar kind of focus. I don't, haven't done it for every community I've built, but certainly I'm doing it for growth hacks for women. That's for sure. And I think you have to experiment. I mean, you know, what works for one person may not work for another. So I think it's good to try things and, you know, spend time researching and figuring out a plan. It all starts with a plan. As you know, like you got to have a plan of of action with this. So I love it. So So, I mean, are going to have this. So let's move on to the next piece of it. So mm -hmm. now that you're starting to build your community, and maybe you're going out and you're starting to talk to different people about starting the community, where do you set up shop? You know, where do you send them to come be part of your community? Uh, There's a lot of options here. What would you say? There are so many options. I mean, we look at the things that are owned and the things that, you know, they're like owned and paid, the we call rented land, you know, online. Because, you know, anything online, do we truly own? You know, when we look at social media, let me tell you, we had a big lesson with MySpace. I know a lot of people laugh when they hear MySpace, but when I was in the music business, MySpace was an amazing tool. Like it was built for musicians. I helped a lot of musicians build their career build communities, sell their music. 
And then I tell you what, we never thought it would disappear. Kind of like the way we are today with Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Do we feel right now that any of those would go away? Like we don't, do we? No, we we don't. I mean, it feels like they'll be there forever. But I was, you know, I was in the MySpace era with you. And yeah, it it, it was almost overnight, like overnight. I mean, it was still there, but nobody went there anymore. It was crazy. It was gone. It became a ghost town. Everybody left to go to Facebook because that became the big thing. You know, communities, those types of big, large online communities shift, right? They move around. Yeah. And I, you know, I'll throw a little bone in here. And we'll talk about her later for Kirsten Oliphant or Kiki Mojo, which is that you are, it is important that you are going to have to build an email list and hopefully get those people in an email list. But, you know, you do have to have a place to talk. And right now, Facebook is pretty hot. Like Facebook groups are kind of the place to be since most people are on Facebook these days, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, Facebook groups have exploded. I remember when they first came out and I'm like, why is nobody embracing this? Because what a great way to bring people together and have the ability to connect. I remember when it was new, I had my Go Girls music community come in there, have a paid membership. And so I had the paid members, I put them in there, it was a private group. And you had the ability to do these live chats they stopped it. But for a while, I'd say for about a year or so, you could do these live chats in there. And it was amazing. Now, not like video, but just like more like just a little pop up screen and you just, you know, comment. And it was super cool. And it was allowed me to really strengthen the relationship of the group. So I watch Facebook groups evolve. And today, it's like, you're crazy if you're not in one, because what a great way to connect with people. And then for your business, you should really think about starting one, or if you're looking to have some kind of side hustle or something you're passionate about and interested in, you should think about starting a Facebook group for it. Right. And there's other groups too. I mean, Facebook groups are certainly ones that I have highly benefited from. I've built great communities there for brands, specifically for brands that have been really, really useful and helpful. Bloggers that have come in and interface with a brand in a private community. That has actually been one of my most successful communities probably to date that nobody knows about, nobody can find because they were all, you know, super private and secret groups. And there's three different settings for groups. So there are some groups that are super secret, they're totally closed. And then there's like ones that you can see that they're there, but they you have to be let in by a moderator. And then there's open groups. And those are different ways of going on Facebook. And we can go into We're going to go into a lot of details, by the way, in another episode about these different types of groups and what you should do for each. So we could spend hours literally talking about this. (laughs) Make sure we don't get too much in the weeds on this. But Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups also are another way to go if you're looking for a more professional type of environment. Those aren't quite as viral as a Facebook group because on a Facebook group, you'll get notifications that somebody's posted in there especially if you have a friend that's in there, it'll say, so-and-so just posted in this group or, you know, the moderator just posted. So if you're friends with anybody in those groups, you're going to see when they are posting or talking in there. And then also that's not the same with LinkedIn, but LinkedIn can be a really useful one. Twitter chat. I want to ask you something real quick about LinkedIn though. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember getting on LinkedIn groups long ago when it was fairly new and it was cool for a while. And then the spammers came in and they ruined it. So I couldn't find one that I like. So I got out of them all. And and it's been years now. And I've been very hesitant to go back because of my bad experience. So 
Do you feel like today in 2017, that it's not really that way anymore, that you're finding more value in LinkedIn groups? Or do you feel like they're still too spammy? Well, no, I mean, yes and no. So I'm going to kind of just bring this around because we're going to talk about this in just a minute. Sure. Honestly, this has a lot to do with the moderator, always has had a lot to do with the moderator. There is a way for people to be able to direct message you if you're in the same group with them in LinkedIn. So it can open up what I call a can of worms on the spam side of things. But it really depends on the nature of the group. So I do believe that LinkedIn groups can be very successful, but I think you have to do it in conjunction with email and some other things with it. So you're going to have to drive people to that group much more than you'll have to drive people to the Facebook group, although you do have to do that as well. And that's getting harder as well. I think Facebook is starting to be a little bit choosy about when it tells you a group has been updated because there's so many groups. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is that there's these closed groups like that. But then there's also Twitter chats like yours, for example, that are totally open. And people just have to drop by at a certain time and anybody can join in there. And there's definitely spam problems there too. Sure. And then there's Meetup, of course, which is a totally platform nobody ever talks about. But Meetup is awesome because you can pull together completely all kinds of communities about specific topics or interests or whatever. And you can meet up in real life. And also you can kind of show them. I've seen people use them for webinar notices, you know, that they meet via webinars or whatever. That's all of the rented land stuff. Beyond that are maybe the next level of more paid rented, maybe paid, which is these course type of offerings. So if you're building out a course and you want to build a community around a topic, like an educational topic, there's like a rash, I mean, a rash of these (laughs) software as a service course building tools that have popped up, right? I mean, you and I both Thinkific, but Thinkific, uh, yeah. what other ones are there out there right now? Oh, you know, Thinkific is a wonderful one. I absolutely love using them, but Teachable is really popular. Udemy is huge, but the problem I'm hearing about now is that Udemy is so big that if you decide to go teach a course on there, that there's just too much, it's overloaded and that you really just can't, reach too many people. So if you're trying to build a community through Udemy, I mean, Udemy is exciting because they do have people It's like, you know, built in audience, but you know, can you really use that to build your community and bring people over to you? You know, Zippy courses I hear about, I've heard good things about it and Kajobi or Kajabi. Is that how you say yeah, Kajabi? Yeah, you say it Kajabi, yeah. Kajabi. You say Kajobi, I say Kajabi. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I, I always heard great things about it. And I signed up and did a trial a few years ago. And I like it. It's it's pretty cool. But ultimately, Thinkific has been my favorite. Yeah. And I like Thinkific right now, too. And Udemy, I actually am in a couple of courses on Udemy that I like, but they're not feeling very community oriented to me. And they do a lot of discounting of courses there. Yes. You know, $10 for a course, which is awesome for me and for you. If you're interested in playing, learning how to play the guitar or whatever. So I think, you know, Udemy is less of a community and more of a straight up teaching you a skill kind of place. But yeah, I mean, these are things you need to think about. Are you going to deliver education? I mean, what is your community going to be about? So once you figure out who you're trying to attract, you also have to think a lot about like what you want to do (laughs) with this community, what you want them to be. Are you going to just get together and talk about a specific interest or a, a topic and I had a list of them here, but interests, 
actions that you guys take together, places that you like a community can be about a place, you know, maybe everybody goes to like cheers the bar, you know, so that can be your community. There's circumstances like, you know, different things that happen in your life, cancer, or all kinds of different circumstances that you might want to join a community around. So there's lots of ways that you can think about putting together communities. And I work with hospital systems and medical types of places, and they've used private Facebook groups, like secret Facebook groups to put together people that have the same kinds of illnesses to talk about what they're doing, or if they're in a trial or something like that, so they can talk about their, what they're doing with that. So I think, you know, you have to be knowing what you want your community to be. So you have to think about that. So you got to find who you want to cater to and what you want your community to be. And then you have to figure out where to put it. So are you going to put it on rented land, like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, meetup? Or are you going to do something like a teachable thinkific course kind of thing? Or are you going to put it right on your website? There's some definite plugins out there that you can put right onto your WordPress website, like Wishlist was one we talked about. Lifter LMS, which I have not used, but sounds really great. And it's free to start. So that's kind of interesting. And it's got a lot of integrations that you could use right away, like Stripe and other things for payments. Uh, MemberPress is another one that I actually have heard about. And then another one you came up with was S2 Member, right? So you saw that as well. But these are like plugins that you put into your website. So once you have that there, of course, if you do your own on your website, realize you're going to have a lot of tech that you have to deal with. So the cool thing about Rented Land is that you just don't have that much tech to worry about. You just go in and you... But it could go away tomorrow like MySpace did. And if you go the own land route, you own this. And so you do not ever have to worry about it going away. So if you are concerned with that, it could be beneficial to have a tech person on hand to help you. It's usually just the setup. Like when I used years ago, so when I was talking about the Facebook group and how you could do the chats, it eventually went away. But we were doing this every Monday night for years. And it's like, well, we don't want to stop just because Facebook groups stopped the ability to do it, the feature. So I actually had a plugin installed into my work. I had to get a tech person to help me. We installed a plugin. I don't remember the name. There's lots of them for chats. It was like a chat plugin. So we could continue the chat. And I had peace of mind of not being reliant on Facebook that took a feature away that I was utilizing. So, you know, there's different ways of doing this. Right. And right now, I will tell you, I'm using BlueJeans which is a software as a service as well. And I'm streaming live into some of my groups with that. So I'm able to do that live streaming inside of our group and actually bring in guests that don't have to actually join the group. That's actually been really useful. So I'm able to bring in guests to certain groups and do education without that person actually having to join the group because the group is completely closed. So there's some ways that you can get around it, but you're right. I mean, things may change at any moment and will often change at any moment. The other thing that I think is really important to understand though about using a plugin on your own website, which is great to own it, how are you going to get people to go there on a regular basis? That's not easy. So it has to be really compelling if you do that. I was part of a group for a while around a medical issue that I had, which I won't reveal, but that group, I went to it on a regular basis to see what other people were saying, because that was important to me to find out all the nuances of different things. So that's compelling. That brings people in. But you know, you don't know if people are going to do that. They're, they're probably not going to do it for your course necessarily, unless that content is amazing. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that? 
as far as uh, people that come to your site. I mean, you had the chat, so that was something that brought them in. So I don't know. I mean, now you just got to have good marketing. You got to have good marketing and word of mouth. Word of mouth is incredibly important. Here's a, a, a tactic I've been doing that's been highly successful. I have a tweet during about maybe 15, 20 minutes into the chat. I have a tweet that says, about 15 minutes in, have a tweet that says, you know, please invite somebody you think that would enjoy this chat. I encourage them to do it right now. And I will see so many tweets from people in the chat that go and tag people to come on into the chat. And it's worked really well. So that's just one example of word of mouth. Word of mouth marketing is so powerful. Yeah, no, it totally is. I mean, that's why we're here, right? That's the whole promise of social media is that we can actually meet and scale on such a big level, these communities that we have. So I love that. So yeah, I'm working on that and getting people to tell their friends because it's so valuable, I think. So these communities, and I'm going to just kind of throw this out there. We're talking kumbaya. Let's all have these communities. Let's have a great time and grow these amazing communities. But lately, I've been hearing a lot about communities that have gotten way too big, way too spammy. And you talked about that on LinkedIn and how people are just like in complete frustration, just closing down 45,000 member communities and 12,000 member communities for the summer. And, you know, how do we scale these communities in such a way that we can actually continue to have them offer value. It's all about management. You got to have people helping you manage these. You know, with Facebook group is I think adding some moderators on board and adding more as you need to with the building with watching this build up with my Twitter smarter chat, because it's grown and is so big. My goal at the beginning is always to say hello to every single person that comes in. I tweet every single person. As it grew, I couldn't do that anymore. I, there was just not enough time. The chat went too fast. So I went and reached out. I actually handpicked some people to come join what I call my greeter group for the chat. So having help to help you manage is, is a great way to help you as you scale and grow bigger. So that's what's worked for me is just, you know, soliciting help. But do you pay them? No, it's a volunteer only. And I make that very clear from the start. And what, here's what I found. Now in my 20 years running Go Girls Music, we were 100% volunteer run. And the way I'm doing my chats, even my social ROI, which is through Managed Flitter that I'm partnered with, and I do get paid to run and host for them. I have volunteers for these because they, it starts with the leader. I think I have good leadership with this and they want to help. They want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves and it makes them feel good. And so I ask and they say yes. And, and not everybody will, but if you're doing something that is very worthwhile, you're grabbing attention, people love and want to stand behind you, then it is not hard to, to build a community of volunteers that want to help you. That's great. And, you know, one of the things that we probably are going to talk about, and I know we're going to talk about in our next podcast is really about monetizing communities and how to make money from all of this. And can you make money? And should you make money? And and we can talk about all those sticky wickets coming up, exactly how we're making money from different kinds of communities and share all of our secrets. But, you know, how can you really decide, like, is this community a paid community? Is this like a not paid community? I mean, do you have something in your mind that you do? Because, you know, I think Go Girls was a paid community too, right? To a certain degree. Did they pay dues? Yeah, well, we had a paid option. We called it Go Girls Elite membership. And so for a small annual fee, you get all these services like the opportunity to come play on showcases. I did research. It's like, what is it that they want? What do these musicians want? 
They just want to be play, you know, be seen and heard. They want to go play music. They want that audience. So I provided an opportunity for them to come play at our events. And that was huge. And then I just kept coming up with more value for them. Like as the tech improved, being able to do online radio, I jumped all over that years ago, like probably 15 years ago and had like this online radio station. And it was so much fun and allowed our members to our paid members to come be a part of that. So, you know, always being innovative, coming up with great features for your community is always a great way to get them in and be a part of it. So that's just a couple of things off the top of my head. I think, you know, it's really with how you lead for sure. Yeah, definitely. And So with that, I wanted to ask you, what are some of your favorite communities that you're a part of that you love to go and check all the time? I tell you on Facebook, I am just all over this group called She Podcasts and is for female podcasters. And I am really big with podcasting. I know people know me as the Twitter marketing gal, but I also want to be known as a big podcaster because I love podcasting. I'm really into it. And as you know, you can see here, Cami on video, I have all the gear. I mean, I even have like the little arm with my mic and I even got the little, what they call a mic flag, which is the little, you know, the little advertisement thing you can put above your microphone. Like you see with newscasters or little logo. I got mine with my uh, Twitter Smarter artwork and I'm just very passionate about it. So I love that chat, uh, that group, because there's so much discussion revolving around how to build a podcast, how to market. People are always asking questions. It's a vibrant community. And I think it is so great to be part of something like that. Here, I'm the one that hosts and run things like that. It's nice to be on the flip side and to actually be a participant in something for a change. I know I'm not the norm with this. So it's really nice to go be a part of something that is big like that. So that one off the top of my head. And then we're talking about Kirsten Oliphant. Her creative writing is such a great Facebook group. I love being a part of that. What are some of your favorites? Well, I definitely, I mean, Kirsten is probably the one that I participate in the most besides the ones that I run myself because, yeah, I spend a lot of time running my communities on Facebook. Facebook, It's time consuming. Um, It is time consuming, but I love it. I love it. I love my Growth Hacks for Women community. And that is currently closed to new members, but we're going to be opening it up very soon. So definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. And then I love Create If Writing as well, because there's just such a great group there. And and she did like you, she has a couple of moderators in there that just jump in and help her out, which I really love to see. Um, so I like that group a lot. I certainly love the Social Media Breakfast of Houston group. I realized that I started that group, but we actually connect on Facebook all over the place in a different way than a lot of them we actually run it completely off of the page. So you can come, you can actually attend the social media breakfast every month, even if you're not in Houston, because you're able to come on and watch the live stream and connect with us on Twitter with the SMBHOU hashtag. So there's a lot of really amazing communities out there. And I also like Todd Herman's 90 day year community as well. I'm a part of that. That's a paid community that I really, really love. So anyway, those are the ones I like. So I love do you want to like, I think we're kind of coming to an end on this podcast today, which we, is We have crazy. covered, so, you know, it's so funny because we came up with all these ideas for the, this first episode and I feel like we could keep talking for like an hour, but yeah, we, we've already been talking for quite a while. So yeah, we should wrap it up and this will be a good opportunity to get people that are interested to come listen to the next episode and the next and so on and so on. And hey, subscribe to this podcast because if you do, 
guess what? This will be available for you as soon as it comes out every time, every week. So we encourage that. And where can you subscribe? iTunes. You can go subscribe. I highly recommend iTunes. If you're on Android, we got Google Play. We got SoundCloud. We got Stitcher Radio. We have so many ways for you. And you can just go listen on our website. Kimi and I each have our blogs, our sites where you can listen. We have it available at madelinescolar.com. And what is your website? Zoeticamedia.com. So if you go to our sites, we'll have, we'll each have show notes. We want to like spread the love widely. So we're going to each have the show notes for this podcast on each of our sites. So you could go to either one. So great. So one call to action, because we believe in taking action, certainly before every show, at the end of every show, we're going to ask you to take an action. So at the end of this show today, we'd love for you, if, if you're on Twitter or even Facebook, go over and type up this question. What are your favorite communities? Are you a part of any communities online? And what are they? What are the names of them? And use the hashtag communities that convert because we have that. Apparently nobody's using it. So we are now claimed. We're taking it over. We're taking it. And then, share, ours. and then share your thoughts with us. Any other thoughts? We'd love to hear from you. And we're going to be watching the hashtag. You can tag us, Cami Chat and Madeline Scalar. We'll have those under the show notes here. So you'll be able to see how to spell all those names. But even if you can't spell our names, if you just use the communities that convert um, hashtag, we will be watching that. And we cannot wait to meet you. Yeah, this has been so great, Cammie. I think we did a great first episode. Well, I hope so. And you know, and we're going to be back next time with how you can monetize these communities. What, how are you going to be able to do that? So we are going to share all those tips with you. So come back and hear it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode, and we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R, and also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Music